Kayla Addison's. Well, let me say this as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thanks so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And boy, do we appreciate you tuning in to hear us um, discuss some of the issues of the day mm-hmm. and uh, frame that um, through a biblical lens. And how do we live? I mean, that's that's where we come to rest on this program. You know, Amen. you tune in or you get the podcast. The question for us is, how do we live as authentic Christians mm. in 21st century America? Now, if you're listening uh, in other parts of the world, just insert your country here. That's right. How do same. you live as an authentic <laughs> Christian <same>. in 21st <laughs> century I don't know, Hungary, yeah. Chile, you know yeah. what I mean? Wherever. South Korea. Wherever. Wherever. South Korea. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Wherever you are, um, <laughs> how do you live as an authentic Christian? It is the question that plagues all of us as faithful believers and followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. What does it look like in our daily lives? Um, how do we navigate the culture? Whatever the culture is going through, whatever is happening at that time, the question is, how do we as Christians mm-hmm. navigate that? The mainstay is Jesus Christ. That's right. The culture is going to change. Norms are going to change. Um, mores are going to change. All of these things are going to change. But the mainstay, the constant, is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And so we as faithful followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, and this is the reliability that we have in the scriptures, right? That throughout every generation of the history of the church, the word of God has been reliable. Yeah. It is not returned void. Every Christian has been able to turn and go back to the straight edge. That's whenever, right. <laughs> whenever it seems that we're plotting, you know, and it's like, hey, we're getting off the line here. You know, uh, you can go back to the straight edge, which, um, man, is the word of God. It doesn't right. move. It doesn't change. Right. And so today's show is no different from what we normally do on airing the Addisons, um, encouraging you to live faithfully, um, to carry out your duties in your family. Uh, to carry out your duty with your kids, you know that we are right in the thick of raising children. Mm-hmm. And um, and so we think about how our children grow up in the culture that we live in. And so we teach cultural engagement um, through a biblical worldview. Amen. So that's what we do. But it's also what we implore other believers to do. We also are watchmen. So that means that we're standing guard. Um, we're looking at what's happening in the culture and how that affects the body of Christ. So we sound the alarm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some of the programs, if you go back and you listen to the past uh, podcast, you can hear that there was great urgency in some of those shows where we're saying, hey, um, this is no longer coming up the pike. Uh, it's here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's here. You yeah. know, it's not something that we're looking at that's down the line. It's here. So uh, you can go back and you can check out some of those things. But today, what we wanted to do, we are well aware of what is happening in the country. And I mm-hmm. always want to say that because I don't want someone to tune in saying, wait, don't you guys feel the leaves? Don't you know that the sky is falling? I, you know, I know <laughs> that there's going <laughs> to there's going to be people who are going to say, how can you discuss that when we have this going on? Very easily. Just watch. <laughs> Just watch. Because we have our eyes set on a fixed point. Mm-hmm. His name is Jesus. Yeah. And so in every situation, in every crisis, 
we go back to that fixed point, right? And so today's topic, in light of everything that continues to go on, yes, we're aware of uh, the press briefings, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes, everyone is aware that Brenda and Bob are going to have to <laughs> dwell together in unity at least until the end of April. Brenda, Bob, you can do it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You guys got You've been this. Built for okay? this. <laughs> You've been built for this, Brenda. But I was like, well, I don't know. Bob, come on. Come on. And if it gets if it gets the quarters get too tight, if things get too tense, Bob, you better keep it to yourself because Brenda mm. will volunteer you for something. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like Brenda. That's Don't t- you know how we are, mm. Brenda? We know how we are. Okay, <laughs> we have this in common, Brent. We're gonna we're gonna send people out to go do stuff. You need to go help. Uh, so, anyways, um, but we know what's going on. We understand that people are still concerned. Concern is not bad. Right. Concern is not bad. Being aware is not bad. Um, but if that's all you're ingesting, if that's like the total of your day that you're checking in every hour to know if numbers have increased or if you're, you know, checking death tolls and things like that, man, I would humbly guard you or warn you to guard against that. Like, Mm -hmm. don't let that be the totality of your day. Maybe if you were checking in, you know, five times a day, (laughs) um, maybe you just check in once, Mm -hmm. right? Maybe at the end of the evening, you just kind of say, okay, hey, are there any updates, anything that I need to be aware of? Then maybe you do that. Um, if, if you were checking in, you know, not so often at all, and you were out second lining Mm, and, um, uh I'm talking to you, New Orleans, (laughs) um, if you're just refusing to pay attention to what's going on, maybe you check in five times a day. Maybe you need to know, (laughs) maybe so just once go sit down or go sit down anyways. Okay. Let's just mention that real quick and then get into the thick of what we want to talk about today. Um, Will, what yeah. is happening with your people down in New Orleans? My people. Well, yeah. I, you know, the the latest thing I was talking to my sister and then I saw the video today where they are now, um, you know, putting out warrants for arrest for like funeral gatherings because. because Explain a funeral gathering in New it's, Orleans. It's, though. it's not the yeah. same. So they, that was a second line, you know. Repass the second line, and now explain to people what a second line is. People like who are not familiar it's, with New Orleans like, culture, okay? It's like a yeah. parade, you know, but no floats, just people and <laughs> dancing in the brass band, <laughs> and you know, and oh, they were goodness. doing that, you know, yeah. in the midst of the crisis that's going on, you know. So that's not wise, y'all. You no. know, like I, I know you want to carry on with your normal uh, things that you're doing and stuff like that, but it's just not wise at this time to. To, to do things like that, you put yourself in peril and other people as well. So they're cracking down on those type of gatherings. But I would have to say it's not only in New Orleans. I, You know, there's gatherings happening all over this country, mm-hmm. you know, and, and like, you know, uh, parties and different block parties, yeah. all kind of stuff like that. Yeah. So it's like, man, you got to uh, I think you need to t- pay attention to what they're saying about the distancing. And if, if we all put that together, you know, I think it will be quicker like mm-hmm. to stop this spread. But, you know, now you and I had a conversation this weekend, um, yeah. which is just sort of like it's just mental sparring for us. Right. What are the possible reasons mm. that there might be pockets of the country? Mm. And we're not going to spend a whole lot of time here because it really mm. the meat of what we want to get <laughs> yeah. into, I think, is so much more important. Yeah. Um, this is important. You guys yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. All right. Here yeah. we go. Um, but you and I went back and forth this weekend. Uh-huh. Um, lovely debate as to why we think 
that some Americans and some parts of the country may not be adhering to the call for the 15 days to slow the spread, which people are like, you guys all stink at math. It hasn't been 15 days. And by the time we're done, it's not going to be 15 days. And, you know, people, people are upset. But, you know, you have some theories. You have some thoughts as to why people are having a hard time quarantining, staying at home, not doing the things that we normally do as Americans. Yeah. Well, yeah, I I. I ask this question to myself and you hear the ax i'm from new orleans yeah okay? you're from new orleans so we don't ask <laughs> new orleans we ask it's very dangerous go and, ahead and so i was just wondering like you know some of the free like the freedoms the independent mindset that we have as americans does that kind of harm us when it comes down to things like this now i'm not you know and and i, I can hear people screaming at the radio you know we need our freedoms our freedoms are what makes yeah, us you made someone run and grab their gun they're like what that what did he say what that no, no, I'm in agreement. Go get the gun, Claudette. I'm in agreement. But I was just thinking, like, man, I wonder if some of that is a stumbling block to us being, you know, I would say obedient to to these guidelines because we're like, nah, man, I do what I want. Nobody's going to tell me. No, this is, you know, I'm American. I'm independent. And so I was just kind of wondering if that's a if that may be hurting the efforts to, like, slow uh the spread, you know. Yeah, I, I think it's something that's interesting to think mm-hmm. about. Go ahead. I'm and sorry. I was gonna say I'm not I'm not against like throwing away our freedoms and stuff like that. But I just had that question in my, no, mu- you're in my not mind. For throwing away our freedoms. You said I'm not right. against throwing away our freedoms. Oh, I'm not for throwing away right. our freedoms. <laughs> I thought that's what I said. But that's I had but said. I had I had that in my mind, just kinda like I'm, I'm just wondering, man, is this a stumbling block for us? You know, shoot is that a, is this is this a reason why it's so hard for us to do? Yeah. And and I agreed with you. I think that a lot comes into play. I don't think that it's just one thing. I think that it's a part of our um, our DNA independence and Mm -hmm. not being told what to do. You remember when we first started talking about this, I was jokingly suggesting that many Americans are going to have to say, look, I'm doing this because I want to Mm. not because I'm told to. I'm (laughs) doing this for my own health. Right. Because that's a part of our DNA. I mean, you know, the American Revolution. It's like, no, I mean, you know, (laughs) (laughs) so I I I think it's a part of who we are. Mm -hmm. But let me say this. I don't think that maybe in some cases the type of resistance and I'll put it that way. I'll I'll <laughs> you being nice. I'll try not to say rebellion. I'll say <laughs> Is that maybe, what it is? Is it rebellion or Well, resistance? I don't know. And and maybe and maybe you can tell me what you think after I posit this. Maybe okay. you can tell me. Okay. So I think that part of the resistance is um a culture that is more skeptical than it has ever been. So let me say it this way. Mm-hmm. I do think that there was a time mm-hmm. in our nation's history where Americans, even with that independent spirit, even with that, we, we're we not going to be controlled. We need to know what's going on. We're going to make these decisions. Even with that deeply woven into our, our DNA, mm-hmm. you still had times of quarantining where you saw the effects of that. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think... Um, Now, and I threw this out to you over the weekend, and Mm -hmm. so I'll circle back to it. Mm -hmm. I think now, um, more than ever, and I'm going to pause for a second just to scan my brain, but I think possibly more than ever, we in America distrust the media. Mm -hmm. So I think part of the reason that we have many people, not all, resisted calls for stay at home and do this is because it's coupled with and 
to not overuse the term. I'll choose a different one. It's coupled with exaggerated news. Yeah. <laughs> which in this case is a synonym for fake. Right. So, I mean, come on. Yeah. yeah so so yeah. I would say I think that hmm. many Americans are sitting at home and they're going, eh, I don't know. I ain't buying it. Like they're they're like they they are waiting for this to turn into something different long term. But like, here's what your goal really was. So, you know what I mean? So now, though, it's turning into a little more long term. It was 15 days. Now it's not a, a whole month. So yeah. what do you think people are saying now that were saying like, ah, let me see. I don't know. Well, I, I'll tell you what I hope. I know I the media know. probably saying the fake news probably saying I try to tell y'all. But y'all no, don't yeah, but to they me. also told us and that your president they were, keep calling us fake, and so he's yeah, causing y'all not to listen. Too. Okay, I'm going to talk back to him <laughs> since you're. I'm going to talk back to him. All right, he's your president too, and uh, you also, yeah, you also told us that they were like rationing respirators, and Dr. <laughs> Burks chided you like that's ridiculous and it's yeah, irresponsible it and it's fear mongering. It it causes the type of irrational behavior that then when. When a person has to come back and correct that information, I think the distrust among Americans grows. Mm. It's like, you see, that's yeah, why we I don't trust that. you. That's why we're not listening to what you're saying. I will say this to your question about what do I think Americans are doing? Well, I'm not sure. But since there are warrants, a warrant, mm. you know, being issued <laughs> in New Orleans, I think that people are now forced to do things that maybe they should have uh, willingly done from the beginning but I think this, and, and, and this is what I would have hoped that uh, fair-minded Americans would have thought from the beginning. And that is that President Trump would not willingly um, or flippantly do anything to jeopardize the kind of economy that he campaigned on in 2016 that he promised to the American people. And bigger than that, he delivered to the American people. Mm -hmm. So I think when I when I look around, I will say personally, my commentary is that when I look around at what is happening in this country, I think there may be information that we are not yet privy to. Mm. Again, I'm not an alarmist, but I think we have to be careful. I think mm. we have to be wise. And one of the things I can say, and I feel fairly certain saying this, Will the Great, mm -hmm. I don't think that our president would destroy Oh, no. The economy that he has so strategically built. Right, I agree. So for us to be in this type of situation, I think that it calls for wisdom on the part of the believer. Yeah. And hopefully now more than in the last 15 days, that will be employed. I will say that. Yeah. All right. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio will take a break and we'll come back and get into the thick of the show. Hopefully you'll stick around. Wonderful. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. That's the network. We appreciate you listening. God bless you. And may you be so encouraged today as you listen. I hope that you're encouraged. I hope that you'll be strengthened to do something just a little bit different than what the culture is doing. 
And um, that's our goal and that's our aim on a daily basis to encourage you in the Lord Mm -hmm. to live as an authentic Christian and to live to the extent that you provoke the question, why? Why are you doing that? Why do you live in that way? Why are you raising your kids that way? Why do you believe that about human sexuality and sexual identity? Why do you believe that about the way we should parent our kids? Why do you Mm. believe that about the believers and the Bible and the work of the Holy Spirit, which is what we're going to get in today? That's what our encouragement is in every area of our lives. Why do you treat your wife that way? (laughs) Why do you treat your husband that way? Why do you not refer to her as an old ball and chain? (laughs) <laughs> and Will might say anymore. I'm just oh, kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. All of these things, living differently provokes a question. Yeah. No one's going to ask you why you're doing something if you're doing exactly what they're doing. Mm. Because they already have the answer. Right. Right? <laughs> One of the, let me, let me, well, okay. welcome back to Aaron the Addisons. <laughs> I'm Miki. And I'm Will and I'm Zach Williams, No Longer Slaves. Let me say this before we get into the discussion. Um, we've mentioned this before and we talk about, you know, how do we live counterculturally? And it's also very important. Um, but one of the most famous, like, apologetics scriptures, right, is the scripture in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. And we often go there um, when we talk about be ready to give a reason for the hope that lies, that lies within you, right? Be mm-hmm. ready to give a defense um, for the gospel, right? And so apologists use this scripture on a regular basis for, for many of our most well-known apologists. This is like their life verse, right? Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I like to point out <laughs> is that by the time you get to 1 Peter chapter 3.15, and I encourage you to go look it up. You don't have to just take my word for it, reading Rainbow Generation. <laughs> go take a look. It's in the book, all right? And uh, you can find this for yourself. By the time you get to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, you have already read through, obviously, here, here it is. Mm-hmm. You've already read through 1 Peter chapters 1 and chapters 2, and then the beginning of chapter 3, right? Now, imagine that there's no breakdown and you're just reading it straight. What will you find? Let me shock you today if you've not heard it before. You will find Peter imploring believers to live differently in the world. Mm-hmm. All of the passage, if you go back and you read it, it's we're different. We're not like the people of this world. We're right. sojourners. We're just passing through. Husbands, here's how you submit. Or wives, here's how you submit to your husbands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me get it right. <laughs> mm-hmm. And somebody at the radio, see, I knew it. They're like, I knew it. Look at her. She just twisted that scripture. She's a usurper. Anyways, um, no, wives, submit to your husbands. Um, here is how Christians, how we submit to authority, servants mm-hmm. to your masters, all of this you're going to find. And as you read through this progression in the scriptures, believers I'm talking to, right? As you read through this progression in the scriptures, what you eventually come to is 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. And so why is this question provoked? This question, this, this need to be ready to give a reason, to give a reason. So the question is, if you're giving a reason, then someone has asked you why. Mm. If you're ready to give a reason, someone somebody has said inquired. They're, they're inquiring. <laughs> what are you doing? Like, why do why? you live that way? What's going on with you? Wife, why do you treat your husband that way? Hmm. Children, why do you treat your parents that way? Come on. 
Why? And so what Peter says is you live in this way and then people will see your life Mm -hmm. and they will wonder why you do things differently. Here is the problem in the United States of America. We can live just like the people around us and the question will be provoked. There's Mm. no way that makes sense. Mm. If 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 your life is chaotic and in disarray and out of order and not lived for the glory of God, why am I going to turn to you and ask for your help? Yeah. <laughs> why, make sense. why am I going to turn to you like me. and say, <laughs> you're just like me? Yeah. And now I want you to think about something and then we'll go to the main topic. I want you to think about something right now. What is very popular in our culture is for us to celebrate and to exalt our dysfunction because that's what makes us human. Mm. Look, the reality is that, yep, we are human. Yep, we are a fallen group of people. But for those of us who are in Christ, we have been given a new nature. Amen. And this is the perfect segue into talking about the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Amen. And that's where we wanted to fall today. Um, you don't have to live like the world around you. You don't have to worry like your neighbor next door. In fact, you're supposed to be living so differently that your neighbor next door says, hey, um, <laughs> notice that you're not, you know, exchanging light horror stories. Like, I noticed that you guys are just kind of, you know, <laughs> like you've got a different approach to this. Mm-hmm. What is going on? And there was your opportunity to talk about the hope that you have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on. But guys, we, we got to get chapters one and two down under our belt before we get to 315 of first Peter. Mm. And this is so vitally important. We've missed it possibly for generations in our culture. We've missed it for generations, but we can get that back. Amen. It's okay to be peculiar. In fact, that's how you're supposed to be. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You're supposed to be just a little bit different, right? You're supposed to be just a little bit peculiar. All right. So will the great let's segue to the topic of conversation. Um, that we had around our table with our kids, which got us thinking about encouraging the body of Christ in this way. And you said something that we all were just like, pause, (laughs) say la just for a moment. And you, you, you refer to the Holy spirit and his work. And you said, he is the essential worker. He is the essential worker. You know, there's a lot of conversation right now (laughs) of who's essential. There's a lot of conversation, right? Who's essential? (laughs) Who can work from home? Who can be remote? Who who do we need? Like what, (laughs) who are the essential workers? And um, we were teaching our kids about the work of the Holy spirit, Mm -hmm. expanding on previous lessons on the work of the Holy spirit, because we're reading through the book of acts. And it's amazing how the scriptures, you can read through them line by line and there still will be, topical discussions, right? Because the Holy spirit is communicating one thought. Right. Yeah. And uh, so we were talking about this and we all just had a moment where we're like, Whoa, that's really cool. Right. Like the Holy spirit of God is not working remotely. Mm. (laughs) He's still actively working inside the believer. Right. (laughs) Now again, I understand Mm. that this is weird radio. If you're not a believer, Right. (laughs) But that's why I always give a disclaimer. I'm talking to the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. I'm talking to those who have been redeemed by the Lord Jesus Christ. And now this is not something that has to be afar off. Right. right? Right. Whoever will can come Mm -hmm. and can have this same access to this same Holy Spirit who leads, who guides, who convicts. Mm -hmm. 
And so here is where we want to spend the rest of our time on the program today. The question is, how do we teach our children and even our anxious family members about the work of the Spirit Mm. and the presence of the Spirit of God in our lives? This has huge implications for how we navigate. Yeah. This has huge implications um, for how we live counterculturally. We mm. can't do it in our own strength. That's right. But the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us. He enables us. He convicts us, right? He encourages us. Mm. And he's doing this in real time. Amen. He is not far from us. Come on now. He has made his residence in us. And one of the things that J.D. reminded us of as we were talking about this today was something that you had said several months back um, that the Holy Spirit is not a force of God. Right. Right. He's not a force. He's not the uh, superpower, <laughs> the superpower of God, you know, <laughs> um, but he is God. And I think we have to to realize that because right. there's been a lot of times where the Holy Spirit, God, the Holy Spirit has been confused as being maybe one of his the gifts he's he's given or you know uh-huh. uh, just just the third yep. person in the trinity like somebody down the line that's you know no just, he is he is yeah. god he is god and a matter of fact you know it 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 gives me great comfort and even looking at in John chapter 14 verse 15 you know Jesus says if you love me you will keep my commandments and I will ask the father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, mm-hmm. even the spirit of truth mm-hmm. whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. That's powerful. And, Amen. you know, and I was telling the Amen. kids today, just as Jesus Christ was for his disciples, leading them, teaching them, comforting them, you know, guiding them. The Holy Spirit is for us today. Jesus Christ is at the right hand of the father, mm-hmm. but he said he wouldn't leave us as orphans. So we have the Holy Spirit, oh, not man, only, that's powerful. yeah, not only with us, but in us because we were born again. And I think sometimes we don't, Amen. we don't, we, we fail to recognize that. And I think in times like this, you know, we have to understand that we are not alone, that we have the Holy Spirit that's residing mm-hmm. inside of us as the people of God. Amen. M- Mariah is uh, animated like me. And, um, and so we usually we usually get each other's jokes. Mm-hmm. You know, we kind of like, you know, kind of get easily distracted sometimes when we're in the discussion. But I think she gave um, an accurate sort of, um, I, I would say, comedic relief to what we were trying to communicate to the kids mm-hmm. about the person, the work of the Holy Spirit. And she said, um, she said, the Holy Spirit of God is not God's sidekick in that little motorcycle uh, <laughs> car thing on the side, right. you know. S- squeezing the little horn, <laughs> wee wong. You know, like he, she's like, he is not just the little sidekick, you right. know, to God. Right. And so often we have reduced him to that. And we do that at our own peril. Yeah. And so here's the question. And then I want to share something with you that I want to make available to you. Um, if you're a parent or if you, you know, maybe teach a small group or whatever. I mean, just whoever. I'm not trying to limit who can request it. And again, I'll give the email again. But if you email Addison's, at AFR.net, we will send you this, and I'll, I'll get into what the this is and then give you the email address again. But we have to understand the person, the work of the Holy Spirit in the mm. life of the believer, so vital. It's not optional. It's not optional that we understand this. It's not like, ah, oh, maybe I'll study that when I get around to it. Right. But you need to know who indwells you um, at conversion, 
who comes to make his home in you. That's right. God, the Holy Spirit. And we have um, scriptural references for this. But here's the first thing I want to I want to ask and then sort of have a little bit of a conversation around as well. How can we teach this to our children? Mm. You know, some of us as parents were like, man, this is a big topic even for me to conceptualize. But right. how do I start to teach my children that when they are saved, we take them from. Now, bear with me here, folks. OK, we take our kids from. Yes, Jesus is in my heart. Right. Mm hmm. Which I understand what we mean when we say that, but we should strive to be biblically accurate, even at the youngest age of accountability. Amen. Right. When we teach our kids what the gospel is. Amen. But how do we take our kids to the place where when you were converted, when you became a believer, the Holy Spirit uh, took up residence inside of you? How do we take our kids to that place? Well, I want to suggest to you that that actually starts before your kids are converted, teaching them the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, what do I mean in that? Well, when you discipline your kids, when you give them instruction and you are teaching them right from wrong, right? You begin to make them accustomed to hearing your voice mm. and associating your voice with instruction, with correction, with rebuke, with training. And these are all things we take for granted, which is why it's so important that we don't allow our kids to just kind of grow up as these wild shoots, just mm -hmm. however, doing whatever they want, where they mm -hmm. don't hear discipline. They don't know how to respond. We're not teaching them right from wrong, right? So what we do at a young age is we begin to prepare them mm -hmm. for the moment that the Holy Spirit will do that work that we begin doing. Amen. Right? Amen. The Holy Spirit will lead them. He will guide them. He will teach them right from wrong. When they can't hear your voice, he is inside them. <laughs> so he will tell them, don't go here. Mm -hmm. He will say, that's not the crowd you want to be around. Yep. He will say, it's time for you to go. Yep. Right? Yep. The Holy Spirit will say, share the gospel. Mm. The Holy Spirit will say, hey, let that person ride your bike. <laughs> it's a, these are all the things that we take for granted, but we begin training our kids to hear authority at a very early age. Right. Mm -hmm. So as we were talking about this today, um, what I want to do is I want to share. And you know what? I may have to do it on the other side of the break here. We have about a minute and a half yeah. before we go to the break here. OK, so I want to share um, a write up from the Moody Bible Institute. And the reason I love the Moody Bible Institute statement on the Holy Spirit, and you can probably find statements on the Holy Spirit and and that's fine but I like this one because it's got 26 footnotes of biblical reference mm -hmm. for what is asserted in the statement mm. and that's what you want you don't yeah. want people just telling you well I think the Holy right, Spirit is right right the Holy Spirit to me is no the right. Holy Spirit has revealed to us who he is amen he has said to us what he does what his work is right because we've got the scriptures inspired we've got the scriptures that men wrote as they were carried along by the holy spirit so Come he on. is telling you <laughs> what he wants you to know about him and what he wants you i would say if you've got kids to even teach your kids That's about right. the work that he does in their life you see so often we think hey if i just get my kids saved if i can just get them to make a profession of faith then the battle is over no now you've got kids to disciple and to train in godliness. And this includes making sure that not only do they understand how to recognize the Holy Spirit and 
follow him, mm -hmm. but that they know that he is present in their life at Amen. the point that they come to Christ. Amen. It's not something that they grow up into. No, he seals them just like he sealed you. That's right. All right. We'll come right back with the Moody Bible Institute statement on the Holy Spirit. So make sure you stay close. Aaron the Addison's AFR. America, America, God shed His grace on thee. We've come too far, we've been through too much. Why would we ever leave? Wonderful. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We appreciate you spending this hour of your day with us and we do not take it for granted not even for a second mm -hmm. i'm miki and i'm will and that's john howard with a song for the nation I want to share this with you and make it available to you and why am i doing that i want to make it available to you for you to study for yourself um, many times we get emails and messages on facebook asking for different resources and wanting to know what are some of the things that we're doing with our children and um, when we think it's pertinent we're happy to share that information and this would be one of those um, resources that we would like to share with you. But I would encourage this first um, as parents that we first go through the information on our own, you know, and um, familiarize ourselves with it and prayerfully look at it, you know, and of course, search the scriptures and then pray and ask the Lord, OK, how do I communicate this to my young kid? How do I communicate this to my teenager? How do I communicate this to my millennial? Right. And all of these things are things right now that. You know, I hate to keep reminding us, but, you know, we kind of have the time. You know what I mean? We kind of have <laughs> things that we can, you know, I mm. mean, you, you you know, what do you, wait, wait, and somebody's like, I'll tell you where I'm going. No, I mean that <laughs> facetiously, like be at home, be studying, be training and using these times to be fruitful. So here we go. I like this from Moody Bible Institute, and we would like to, uh, we can email you a copy of this or you can just go do a search for it yourself. Again, one of the reasons I like it, and if you're just joining us, our topic is how do we communicate the work of the Holy Spirit to our young kids? And so vital in the times that we're in um, that our kids understand that the Holy Spirit of God, who is God, indwells them. And he leads them and he guides them. He convicts of sin and he he um, draws them. I mean, this is this is important for them to understand. So uh, this Moody Bible Institute statement on the Holy Spirit has 26 uh, biblical footnotes for everything that it asserts. And um, I appreciate it. So here we go. I'm going to read it to you and then also let you know that you can just email Addison's at AFR.net, Addison's at AFR.net. And we'll send you a copy of this so that you can have a Bible study, maybe if you if you have time <laughs> with your kids. All right. The <laughs> petty, the person and work of the Holy Spirit, Moody Bible Institute statement on the Holy Spirit. We believe that the Holy Spirit is co-equal with God, the father and God, the son and is of the same essence. Yet he is also distinct from them. Scripture describes the Holy Spirit in personal terms, not as an impersonal force. When it says he teaches, guides, comforts and intercedes, he possesses emotions, intellect and will. The Holy Spirit spoke to Philip and gave counsel to the church at Jerusalem. He was sinned against and lied to. And again, all of these have biblical references for them. Mm -hmm. The scriptures also attest to the deity of the Holy Spirit. He is spoken of as God and is identified with the title of Jehovah. The Christian who is indwelt by the spirit is indwelt by God. Mm -hmm. 
The Holy Spirit possesses the attributes of deity, such as omniscience, omnipresence, omnipotence, and eternality. He does works only God can do, such Mm. as creating, regenerating, and sanctifying. He is equally associated with the other members of the Trinity. Mm. The work of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament differed somewhat from his work in the New Testament. The possession of the Holy Spirit by the believer was not permanent in every case in the Old Testament. The Spirit had a ministry of restraining sin and in the creation of the world. The Holy Spirit today plays a major role in the application of salvation to the individual. And that's something that we talked a lot about today during our discussion with our children. It is the spirit who brings conviction to the unbeliever and causes him to see the truth of the gospel in a clear light. Those who respond to this conviction and place their faith in Jesus Christ receive eternal life and a new nature. The Holy Spirit unites the believer with Christ Christ and places him in the body of Christ, the church. He also unites the believer with Christ in his death, enabling him to live victoriously over sin. That is so critical for our kids to understand (laughs) that they do not have to be mastered by sin, that the Holy Spirit gives them the power to overcome temptation. Guys, Mm. we have to teach this to our children. Continuing on, the Holy Spirit controls the believer who yields to God and submits himself to God's word. When these conditions are met, the believer lives in the power of the spirit and produces the fruit of the spirit. The Holy Spirit indwells the believer permanently. While the child of God may sin and grieve the spirit, the spirit will never leave the true believer. Absence of the Holy Spirit is the mark of the unsaved. Again, Mm. scriptural references Mm -hmm. for all of this. The Holy Spirit seals the believer. This ministry guarantees the security of the believer until the day of redemption. And then finally, the Holy Spirit sovereignly bestows spiritual gifts or abilities for service to every believer. Although his restraint of evil in the world today will cease with the rapture, he will continue to be present in the earth. In the tribulation period, the spirit will be involved in salvation and filling. In the coming kingdom of Jesus Christ, the spirit will be in God's people and the spirit will be upon the king. And again, Mm -hmm. that's 26 footnotes of biblical reference to go along with this statement on the Holy Spirit. And it's from the Moody Bible Institute. And it's one of my favorites. Um, If you email Addison's at AFR.net, I will send that to you. Willa Great and I will send that to you. Mm -hmm. And it's a one page front and back on the front is the statement. And on the back side is the 26 footnotes. And I hope that you'll be a Berean about it. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that when you get it, you will read it it and then check each of those footnotes Search it out. <laughs> Be all Berean about it and uh, and find what is contained therein. One other thing that I want to say about the Holy Spirit, and then we'll go to the phone lines. Actually, we can get some of the calls queued up. You can comment on anything that we talked about today, but I kind of feel like you already know that. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. It is important that we have a consistent life Um, lived in front of our children. Mm -hmm. It's important that we have a consistent life lived in front of our coworkers, right? It's not about what we are against as Christians in the culture. It is also about what we are for and who we are for and whose side we're on and what we believe about what the Lord teaches us about holiness and who will inherit the kingdom of God. These things are all important. And if we're going to have a consistent view, that means that we cannot continue trying to navigate life apart from the work of the Holy Spirit. Mm. We cannot. 
We cannot just try to navigate apart from the work of the Holy Spirit. Again, the number to call if you want to be on the show and talk about anything that we've talked about today is 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. And while the phone lines are getting queued up, I want to just remind you of three specific tasks of God, um, three three specific tasks that the Holy Spirit um, is tasked with regarding the believer, mm-hmm. regarding the believer. Number one, the Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And Lord knows, <laughs> Lord knows there are some <laughs> people that we try to show things to. We try to point these things out. And it seems like maybe talking to a brick wall. Yeah. Well, have we asked the Holy Spirit to open their eyes? Exactly. To cause them to see, to know and to understand and to perceive. There are a lot of conversations that we're having these days that don't make sense. That mm. don't make sense. Mm. You say, there's no way you can really believe that. Unfortunately, for many people that we encounter, they do. Mm. They do. This, too, requires the work of the Holy Spirit. He will guide the believer into all truth. He Amen. will guide the believer into all truth. All truth. Right? So we teach our kids that it is not our position on cultural issues that we take. Rather, it is what does the Bible say? And we want to be in agreement with the word of God. The Holy Spirit will enlighten us. Amen. The Holy Spirit will teach us this. And we have to rely on him for that. And then finally, um, the Holy Spirit gives gifts to members of the body of Christ, enabling them to do specific tasks that the Lord has called them to do. We must teach our children this. We must teach our children that whatever it is that the Lord calls them to do, that the Holy Spirit will gift them and enable them to do those things that the Lord has called them to do. When we make this a consistent part of our living, it will be a natural part of what we teach our children. Just as we teach them to memorize scripture, just as we teach them to pray, we will teach them to listen for, to discern and to obey the spirit of God. Amen. And let me tell you this, and then we'll go to the phone lines. When we do that, we don't have to worry so much or at all about them when they're out of our presence. Mm, right? That's good. You equip them to stand when you're not leaning over their shoulder. Come on. Come on. And that's really ultimately what you want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. No. Will be great. Go let ahead. me just say this, you know, um, in, in another scripture in John, John chapter 16, uh, starting at verse seven, it talks about the Holy Spirit. It says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. But if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. And I always say, and I took that word advantage, that the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. is actually an advantage that we have, the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. And and to stress also that the Holy Spirit is God. Amen. He Amen. is God. You know, and I think that has to be stressed so much. But um, we can go to the phone lines. Okay. Uh, the first call that we have is, let's see, let's go to Jeanette in Louisiana. Hi, Jeanette. Hi. I um, I was speaking to you all before, but I had got cut off. Can y'all hear me? Yes. We can hear you. Okay. And uh, anyway, um, people don't know about totally giving themselves over to God. First, you, first going to church is not serving God. Going to a church building is not serving God. And that's why 
So many people that say they are Christian and they serve God is having trouble right now because they they haven't accepted Jesus in their life as their Lord and Savior mm. and asked to be be given uh, forgiven for their sins. Mm. And once you do that, then God accepts you as uh, his children, and then we become God's uh, server. And that's why a lot of people, they are so disturbed and confused right now because they don't have the spirit because they haven't totally given themselves to God in order for him to give the spirit. And the Bible says he only gives those the spirit that obeys him. And I am a true believer, and I am filled with the spirit where the spirit woke me up out of my sleep. In 14, it said, where I went to jail behind a uh, nephew and a second cousin in 11, and this was in 14, when the spirit woke me up out of my sleep. It said, wake up. I say, for what? It said, wake up. I say, for what? It said, look out the window. I say, look out the window for what? It said, look out the window. I went and I pulled a curtain up out my sleep. I woke up, and I pulled a curtain up, and the police was in my second cousin yard, where they was investigating her because of something that happened in our house that morning uh, with the guy she was living with. So anyway, she ran out the house, and the police got her. And so when they put her in the car in her yard, uh, they was the police was backing out, and she looked over her right shoulder, and she seen me and my mom in them driveway because I had got the broom like I was going to sweep because her daddy was out there. Okay. Let me, just, let me just jump in. Thank I'm, you, I'm sorry. I just wanted to, I wanted to bring some clarity. I was listening, and I was trying to follow here. What I would like to do is to make sure, let me say this, the Holy Spirit does lead us. We Amen. have biblical support for the leading of the Holy Spirit. And I don't know exactly where Jeanette was going, but I don't have a whole lot of time to stay there to find out. And I apologize for that. But I do want to acknowledge this. The Holy Spirit leads us. We see this all throughout the New Testament, the Holy Spirit leading. In fact, the apostles do not go out and begin the work that they were assigned to do until the Holy Spirit comes upon them at the day of Pentecost. You can read this in Acts chapter two. You can read about, um, you can read uh, the apostle Peter's uh, sermon where he lists all of the indispensable facts about the gospel, which include the gift of the Holy Spirit dispatched to the church. So I'll just say that. And I apologize. We had to go. We want to squeeze in some other calls here. Maybe only one or two that we can get to next. Go ahead. Will the great. Okay. Let's go to Gail in Georgia. Hi, Gail. Hi, Will. Hi. It's very nice to speak with you. Um, I agree with what you were saying at the beginning of the program. People need to use discernment. Mm. Um, I live in Albany, Georgia, mm-hmm. and we have a severe outbreak here, and we have had many deaths, mm. and people are not listening. They're still riding around, joyriding. I just saw a truck full of teenagers just riding mm. through the street, mm. and it breaks my heart because I work um, with, directly with taking care of the blood, bringing blood from the Red Cross to the hospitals, and I've seen how bad it is. Wow. And people are not, are not taking it seriously. They think it's a joke. Yeah. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Unfortunately, we're seeing um, way too much of that. Yeah. Un- unfortunately, you have a lot of it. And I, and I think the question, and this is what I'm, I'm wondering, and, and we've kind of explored this a little bit, is why? You know, why are people doing that? Um, can we squeeze in maybe one more call? Maybe 30 seconds, Will? We'll try. Lawrence, go ahead, Lawrence. What's going on? Oh, it's Pastor Lawrence. Oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh, we no, don't have, I know we, we don't have, have time. I know. 
Pastor Lawrence <laughs> preached the sermon, Pastor man. Pastor Lawrence. No, listen, I tell you what, Pastor Lawrence, you're going to have to give us a call back. It is great to hear your voice and um, yeah. we're thinking of you know carrying over from the other network, but I know we're not going to have time to get into the That's thick right. of the conversation. So we want to hear Love from you, you tomorrow. Lawrence. We do, and it's great, great, great to hear your voice. Um, Pastor Lawrence is in Memphis, and I know they've got things going on in Memphis as well. Yeah. Um, all right, we're out of time for today, and I do want to say, listen, when we talk about the person, the work of the Holy Spirit, it's important for us to use the same pronouns that the Bible uses, mm-hmm. and he is referred to as he, That's not right. it. That's right. So That's I just good. want to make sure to say that. That's all right, right, we're out of time. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.